Love Talk Radio. Four weeks ago? Yeah, we just finished week 13. Four weeks ago. Four weeks to go. The month of December ends the NFL season. Um, and as it always does, it, 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 it flew by. Um, yeah, because this coming week is week 14, 15, 16, 17. Yep, four weeks to go. And, um, man, you know, everybody knows, obviously, I'm a Cowboy fan, so we gonna, you know, I'm, I'm going to get there in a minute. But, you know, this has been one heck of a season already. If you love good football, well, we won't count what we saw last night as good football. But if you love good football, if you love competitive football, if you love, you know, a parody, um, you know, you've got a little bit of the old and a lot of the new this year. And uh, it's a great season. It really is a great season to be a football fan. Now, I can say that because I'm a Cowboy fan, but I'm going to bring Dr. Train on momentarily. I think he would agree as a football fan. Um, he may not agree as a Bears fan, but, you know, I mean, hey, I've been there. I know how, I know, I, hey, I know how it feels. But as a football fan, it's a great season. Speaking of Dr. Train, let's just go ahead and bring him on. Because tonight it's just going to be myself and Dr. Train. JB is very much oh, under the weather. Yeah. And, um,. K-Star is um, taking care of his um, under-the-weather young lady, um, a significant other. So tonight's just me and Dr. Train. So Dr. Train, the man with the Ph.D., the married man, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's up, Commiss T? That's taking back to the old days, man. Just me and you and a two-hour conversation about what the hell is going on in the league. Man, <laughs> you know, and for people that don't know, that's really how – Train joined the Madden Voice. I mean, I would literally be driving somewhere, and I'd call him up, and we'd be on the phone. I can't even tell you how long, and we'd just be talking football. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sitting there like, one day I just said, dude, you need to come on the show, man. Yeah, you need to bring all this knowledge and this passion. Because, you know, just like on the show, sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't, man. We'd be be going exactly. You know, so you know, beginning he was kind of I don't know, T. You know, that's not really my thing. Just any other. I said, give it a try, bro. Give it a try. Well, we haven't looked back since. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know how long ago that was. I'd have to go back into the archives of the funk to go back to see how long that was. But um, it was a I long can, time I ago. I can tell you, 
I can tell you one of the conversations we, we went back and forth about right before we I, I joined you on the show was when Philip Rivers, not not Philip Rivers, was when Drew Brees was with the San Diego Chargers, and we were discussing whether they need to let him go and move on to Philip Rivers or keep him because he had just had a really good season. That's how long it's been. Wow. <laughs> Damn. That seems like that seems like another lifetime ago. Damn. <laughs> right. Damn. Do you know how many women? Well, anyway, never mind. Forget that. Forget I even said that. That, that, that's, another that's another conversation. But anyway, 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 you know, yeah, baby, if you're listening, I was just, I was just jokes. I was just jokes, baby. It's just, it's just for the airwaves. I was just jokes. Oh, notice I said baby. I didn't say a name. But anyway, moving right along. Um, but Dr. Train, before we get into tonight, I do have a football bone to pick with you. And I think you did this on purpose, man. I think you did this okay. knowing that it would rile me up, man. I think you did this, and you said, I'm going to just, go, I'm gonna just stick this one to T because, you know, I can. I read your power rankings, bro. I read your power rankings. Okay? <laughs> you know where that I'm was going. Fun, by the way. Did you claim <laughs> that the Oakland Raiders are the hottest team in the NFL? Is that what you said? Dude, they are, man. Dude, do you know oh, Oakland is, like, super fun to watch, bro? No, oh, I guess. You, your exact words were the hottest team in the NFL. Those were your words. Yeah. Now, how I, I you say was, a team? I knew there was third pot. I knew that. Well, dude, they won six in a row. They're hot. They're on fire. Eleven wins in a row, bruh. Come on, man. <laughs> Probably agree with because they are big time, but that ain't the choice of words when you have another team that has won eleven. Wait, come on, bro. Felt like I was reading I know, I, stuff. There. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, I'm here. I, I thought you were about to say something. Oh. No, I was, I was. I was just gonna say, you know, I'm. I feel like Cowboys being at the top for so being, you know, being on the win streak for so long. I feel like it's the norm. You know what I'm saying? But it's not norm to see Oakland just take off like that. Dude, dude, dude. With all due respect, I appreciate the love. <laughs> Last year we were four and twelve. Okay. Uh, you know, two years before that we were eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. I ain't seen I this all about that already, Z. I haven't brought like that so far in the past, man. Dude, dude, we are true blue fan, man. You don't forget because every week you're sitting there saying, okay, is this the week that you become mere mortal? Is this? And I'll tell you, when I was watching that game against the Vikings, I was getting a little nervous. I was getting like, okay, here we go. This is the week. You know, this is the week. But, you know, they, they gritted it out. They fought it, and they, they, they held off the Vikings. But, um, you know, I, 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 I can't forget. Because if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. So I can't forget. Last year, okay, there's reasons for last year. Had crappy backup quarterbacks. And and so, right. okay, we can dismiss that. But in the year before, we were 12-4, and four, got ripped off against the Packers. Exactly. But the year before, but before that, 8-8, 8-8, 8-8. Losing the last game of the season. Have that happen three years in a so, row? Yo, that hurt. So as a fan, 
as a fan, I get I, I get you I get your point. But now as a fan of football, I look at that to say Dallas was always on the cusp. And other than last year, where they were the the the, the one of the, the most important position in football, you know what I'm saying, had had the worst injury to it, and no one could fill in. That just you know that to me that that's, that's a blip. That that that's just it's an anomaly. It should it, it, it shouldn't happen. Now you're back, and I'm yeah just, we're after back, we're not the back. And, and after huh. No, I was going to say, yes, we're back this year. But that description is more like saying the Patriots. Like, okay, hold um, here we go. It's the Patriots, of course. They're going to be 10-2. and two. They're going to, you know, you know, hey, yep, we know it. Tom Brady, yep, first round by, maybe home field advantage. Yep, yep. Okay, I get it if you said the Patriots. But this ain't, this ain't the 2000 and then whatever year Cowboys. No, man, this is still new. This is still brand I'm new. I'm that man, way, man. I know it feels new, but I'm starting to feel that way. Well, you can. Keep you back, can feel two more years of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need, I need this to become a, you know, and then I'll, and, and you know what, even then, back in the 90s, I never got tired of it. I never took it for granted because I lived through the pain of the later Tom Landry years. I lived through that pain. You know, the Roger Starback to Troy Aikman gap, Danny White, yeah, he did some things. He, he brought him to some NFC championship games, but it wasn't the same. You just you didn't have any faith that that team was going to win a Super Bowl. I didn't. A Super Bowl would have been a surprise. When Starback and Landry were quarterbacking, every year you were in the playoffs. People go back and look how many years consecutively the Cowboys were in the playoffs under Tom Landry. It was something crazy, like 20 years in a row or some crazy number. So you just knew you were going to playoffs. It's just a matter of how far you were going. If you're going to go Super Bowl, if you're going to win Super Bowl. Okay? Five Super Bowl appearances under Tom Landry. Insane. So, yeah, ho-hum, here we go, Cowboys. Then you had that period of nothing. Danny White, he was the punter and the backup quarterback, and then he became the quarterback, and I think he was very overrated as quarterback, but he was okay. I mean, he was, he was serviceable. He was fine, you know, but nothing really happened. A couple of NFC championship games, we lost, and, and that was it, you know. And then you got the dynasty came in. You had Jimmy and Troy and Michael and Emmett and all of that, and, 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 and coming off of that garbage, it was like, yeah. And then you got to – I, I, I never got tired of losing. I mean, winning. Like, yeah, we going back next year too. <laughs> you know, and then when when Jimmy left, quit. You know, and then it was like we lost, and then came back and won the Super Bowl again. But I was like, man, I, it took a lot to win. I don't know if we're gonna be back here anytime soon. This is this a problem, man. This was a tough win. This was it wasn't as convincing as when Jimmy won those two, and you just steamrolled everybody. And I was right, because we ain't been back to the Super Bowl yet. So with all due respect, my brother, I appreciate the love. But oh, hell no, it ain't ho-hum. They, you know, it just seems like we've been here forever. No, we have not, man. So you get my team, the hottest team in the NFL in the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> now, I would say... There's a lot of accolades for the Oakland Raiders. I, 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 I am impressed by the team. I am impressed by Derek Carr. Um, people say um, he has less to work with than in Dallas, um, and, and therefore maybe he should be the top MVP candidate because of that. I, I mean, I don't know because Dak's a rookie. <laughs> I mean, guys played 12 legitimate NFL games. Um, so – you know, you can say that maybe he's got more to work with, but 
The guys, oh, hey, this is this is a rookie, bro. This is a rookie coming in doing this. This ain't a guy who's played yeah. three, four seasons. You know what I'm saying? Plus, he, he, he's a rookie. Plus, I think. So here's the here's the thing about MVP that I get that I get annoyed with because I don't I don't think the award is really um, defined properly. When it, your regular fan feels like the MVP award is equivalent to the Office of Player of the Year award. Right. I guarantee you that. You know, and that's the problem with it because that's not what it is. The MVP award says if you were to imagine this player not being on the team or just take a look at his overall impact on that team and take him away, that's where the MVP award goes to. Well, it's not team about MVP that. team or league. What do you mean you say team or league? I'm talking about on, on that team across the league. Okay, but I, but I mean when you talk about impact, is it impact to the team's performance, or is it an impact based on how the league perceives his performance? Because I think those are two different things. Well, that's that's the that's the tough part. You say how the how the league view, see that when you say league views to me that's left up to interpretation. Well, well, and also, here's what only, here's why here's okay. here's the difference to me. A guy could have a great impact on his team and his stats could be crap, but have a great impact on you know on on the team's success. But MVP mm-hmm. they're gonna look at stats. They're gonna say what's your and completion and, percentage. How many yards did you and rush that's for? My How many sacks did you get? Yes. Yes. Then that's that's the right. whole problem with select the MVP because it's like no, that's offensive player of the year. Okay? And offensive player of the year could be anybody who put up ridiculous ridiculous numbers on a consistent basis against competition no matter who came in the house. That's offensive player of the year. MVP right. we're talking about impact, most valuable player to a team. And it needs to, and that, and that team does need to be successful. Now that's that's the biggest. That's the one difference that can definitely be between MVP and offensive player. Offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. The team might not. They might not be a playoff team. But MVP, that team better be a playoff team. Other than that, there's no point in naming naming anybody on on the losing team MVP. Well. I mean, let's take a quick look at recent MVPs. Um, we had Cam okay. Newton last year, um, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah, I'd be curious how well the 2012 Vikings did as a team, but Adrian Peterson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, again, who's won it twice, uh, Tom Brady, who's won it twice, Peyton Manning's won it five times. Um, so, I mean, I see your point because I'm looking at all these MVPs and it's like quarterback, 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 and then a sprinkle in a running back, quarterback, quarterback. I mean, right. the last defensive player was 86 LT, Lawrence Taylor. You know, and, and, he was the and last. And, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, so, I see your point. So, yeah, so so out of out of the ones you just mentioned, when you look at, this, when you look at what Cam Newton did last year, everyone knows. Carolina was definitely on on fire due, due to this man's due to this man's play on the field, but the, and their defense was also solid. Now, you, when you when you talk about the year where you sprinkled in the running back, like I watched 
Minnesota towards like the last quarter of that year. And oh my God, it was all AP on offense. Like, forget who was that quarterback. It was all about that dude there. That was his. That was the. That was the season where he almost kept, where he almost got the uh, the or the NFL record most yards in the season. Mm-hmm. He carried them into the playoffs, like literally. But that's almost what you got to do at running back, <laughs> just to be considered MVP. And defensive players, it's 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 almost like they don't have a chance. Yeah, and we see, and we all see what JJ Watts do on the field. We We're healthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think I think you make um, I think you make a valid point. Um, I don't know the answer to that because I think we all we all agree that the quarterback, when you win, gets too much credit. When you lose, gets too much blame. Quarterbacks, the only I mean, other than the center, um, the only guy on you know the, you know offense touches the ball every play. So you know, um, I, I I don't know the answer, but I think for me. Um, I can't argue with these MVP votes. I mean, I can't argue with Peyton Manning. And, you know, you think about those indie teams that would always come out the box 9-0, and 10. I mean, we see Dallas do it now at 11-1. and one. Everybody's like, oh. I mean, Peyton Manning did it for a living. You know, how many seasons did he come out in Indy? 9-0, 9-1, 10-0, 11-1. He made it just like, that's just what we do. Um, and so I can't argue with, with a Peyton Manning. I can't argue with uh, Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, even an Adrian Peterson shooting for the NFL record. Um, I'm cur- You know, it's interesting, and I'm old enough to remember Mark Mosley with the Redskins, but I don't remember that season. I think they won the Super Bowl in 82, um, but he was the MVP of the league, a place kicker. We will never see that again. We will never see a place kicker. I don't care wow. how many rules they change in the kicking game and, and all the problems. <laughs> you know, the, the guy over in Baltimore hasn't missed all year and all that. That, that dude, will ne- we will never see a kicker as MVP in this league. Won't happen. Will not happen. So, um, but uh, interesting, interesting. But I think for me, when they talk about Derek Carr, I, I think, I guess, for me, I guess part of my problem is I remember David Carr. You know what I mean? Don't, David don't, Carr wasn't very don't good. Associate, man. I know yeah, it's I hard, know. but don't associate. Oh, don't don't yeah, do it to him. It's not his fault. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I guess I'm just waiting. I'm just I'm sitting up saying, okay, let me see. I mean, because when I look at you know, I go back and I look at his rookie year. I'm looking at his stats. Mm-hmm. He, he threw 58%, a little over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, uh, quarterback rating of 76. So – you know, okay. You know, he didn't light it up, but he didn't he didn't self destruct. He had a he had a he would have what you would expect for um second, he was a second round draft pick, thirty six overall pick. So he, he he earned his money that year. No issues there. He didn't play great, but he didn't play crappy. Um, based on those statistics. Mm-hmm. And then last year um, a little bit better. He went up 3%. So instead of a 58%, he was 61% completion. Instead of 3,200 yards, because he played all 16 games. So instead of 3,200, he was just under 1,000 yards last year. He went up from 21 touchdowns to 32 touchdowns. Uh, interceptions stayed about the same, but the touchdowns increased. So now his, um, 
his his rating was 91.1. Now, what's interesting is his QBR, which is 0 to 100 done by by the NFL in 2014 was 43.4. 50 is average, so he was just below average, and then last year was 44.4. Okay, and QBR is measured a little bit differently, but I kind of like QBR. Um, now mm-hmm. this year, this year he he's you know, he's on fire. 65% passing. Okay, um, so far twenty-four touchdowns to only five interceptions. So he's on streak. To, he's on pace to do about the same touchdowns with half the interceptions. He's on uh, pace to it looks like to even uh, uh, either match or exceed the four thousand yards. Um, and his QBR is sixty-five, which is pretty good. And his, his uh, rating is a hundred point three, which is which is also pretty good. So. He's doing good. Teams ten and two. They're number one seed in the in the AFC right now. But here's my here's my thing. He's in his third year. Right? Dak is a rookie. Mm-hmm. And Dak's numbers are comparable, if not better. I don't have him in front of me, but I know, you know, he he's he's comparable. And he's a rookie. So mm-hmm. I don't get to me it, it's it's not a contest. It's not a contest. This guy came in, I and this team. What well, I, I would, I I'd say, how can how can you put I Derek Carr yeah. and say that he should get the MVP over Dak Prescott? When because when, you see, when you, because you see the improvement, you see the improvement over the years, which you just described, yeah. and you see his impact on the field. And the other thing that I want to add is, I, I saw you know when you when you naming his, when you giving his stats over over the course of three years. It's, it, it's it's pretty much the eye test is what allows me to put him in in, in the same conversation because you you watch this kid progress just just looking at him play you watch him get better and you're watching him this year actually figuring out how to win games late which we know that's tough to do for a young quarterback to win games late now he might not be a rookie but you see his progression. So you 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 telling me that you don't see with the eye test with Dak? You trying to tell me there's a problem oh, with you, the eye I, test? I told you early on in the, in the year I saw poise from Dak, but that does not mean that you can't put Derek Carr in the same conversation just because he's been in the league two years longer. But I but I, but I two years longer. No, I absolutely think that's the issue. I absolutely think that no. when you take a guy who was a fourth round draft pick. As we've talked about a number of times, who came in as the number four quarterback on this team and unexpectedly unplayed. This wasn't planned. This wasn't like Derek Carr, who was drafted to be the starting quarterback of that team. This guy was drafted to sit behind Tony Romo and let's see what happens. Okay, let's see. You 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 may hit the field by the end of next season. <laughs> after Tony, after Kellen Moore, after Jamil Showers, yeah, we'll see, bruh. We'll, let's see what you're capable of. There was no plan of him coming into this season as a starter. It wasn't discussed. It wasn't on the table. It was Tony's team. Kellen Moore was the backup, and then it was going to be between Jamil Showers and Dak Prescott. And frankly, because I follow this team very closely, I can tell you that Jamil Showers was leading – at that time, he was the one um, they were leaning towards because he had been with the team longer and knew the offense to be the number three. And they were looking at initially, they were like, okay, uh, right now, Dak's probably going to be heading to the practice squad. That was the early consensus of this. It wasn't decided, but that's the way it was going. Kellen Moore breaks his leg. 
Okay? So he's gone. So now you've got Tony, and you've got Jamil, and you've got Dak. Okay? Um, we all know what happened to Tony Romo. And uh, I don't remember. Showers had separated his shoulder or something. So Dak was thrown in out of the blue. So I guess what I'm and saying so is. So this was all prior. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to understand. Just all prior to the preseason game that he did he play. Yeah. I mean, did the did yeah. these other guys make it to preseason? Because I know Tony well, made it to preseason, but I don't Tony remember. Tony made it preseason, but they played him. Kellen mm-hmm. Moore broke his leg in practice, so he never even played a game. Okay. And then okay. uh, Jamil Showers did play in preseason, and I want to say he separated his shoulder. I'm trying to remember what his injury was. Um, okay. But he had an but injury. But it happened in the preseason um, game. Happened in the preseason. So that Seattle okay. game where Dak came in, they didn't have anybody else. So it's kind of like, all right, <laughs> you know, we ain't got no choice. Let's throw Dak Prescott in. So he wasn't prepped. It wasn't planned. He, it, it, was, it was just like we ain't got nobody else. And it was preseason game, so we kind of didn't care. It was a preseason game. Throw, throw Dak in, and then the guy goes in, and it's kind of like, oh, didn't look too bad. Hmm. All right. Let's see what's up. And unexpectedly, he has taken the league by storm. So my, my point is very much exactly what you say my point shouldn't be is, yes, not only is he a rookie, but this ain't Peyton Manning coming in as a number one pick. This isn't Andrew Luck or Marcus Mariota or, or Winston or RG3 or any of these guys that were first-round top ten draft picks. This is a fourth-round pick who was brought in on a team that had three other quarterbacks. So this was completely unexpected, unplanned. And when I look at his stats, there's no there, – I'm looking right now, and, and, and other than maybe um, I guess you could say Carr has more yards. Um, you know, now, more yards, I mean, I, probably I, more, yeah, more yards passing. More passing touchdown. Uh, let me see now. Yep, and he's got more <laughs> touchdowns because they're pa- well, they're yeah. passing the ball more because um, they don't have the yeah. Cowboys running game. So, but when they, you look they, at QBR, when you look at QBR, it's not even close. Okay, eighty-five point eight QBR to sixty-one point one. I'm sorry, sixty-five point two. Eighty-five point eight. And then if you say, well, QBR uh, quarterback rating, okay, one hundred eight point six to 100.3. So when you look at both ratings that take into consideration everything, he's got them beat. And he's a fourth-round draft pick. And the team is 11-1. And, and it's pretty much the but same also, team that was 4-12 and 12 last year under other quarterbacks that couldn't get it done. And, and, and I won't argue with the fact that, you, that you, you, make, you make a strong case for him to be an MVP conversation, but that does not mean David Carr is not up there. Plus, I think the one thing that that's being discounted against Dak, and I won't necessarily discount it against him, but I know it is a, a help to – it does help him in the sense of allowing him to run the offense. Essentially, it's a very strong run game that the Dallas Cowboys have. And for – I know all the pundits out there, they're looking at that like, well, that's a, that's a great benefit that Carr does not even have. Well, and, and like you said – those are the pundits that are trying to look for a reason because this, this um, statistical uh, rating is what he does when he's behind center and they're not running the ball. 
and he's very efficient. Um, I mean, he's had in 12 games, he's thrown two interceptions, two, 358 attempts, two interceptions. Okay. Um, you know, now let me just, let me just look at this real quick. 358 attempts, two interceptions. Derek Carr has 300 attempts, five interceptions. Okay. Um, Dak Prescott, 67%, almost 68% completion rate. So, I mean, you know, you know, you know, I I don't know. I just, and and don't get me wrong. I think if Dak wasn't playing at this level, Carr might be my MVP. And if you're a person that says, well, who are the top two or three? And then you want to say Derek Carr? Okay, I guess you can do that. But to me, if you're looking at these two, I mean, I don't, I, I'd have to go look at someone else to say, okay, you know, are you in the belief that Tom Brady should be eligible for MVP even though he missed four games? If you are, Honestly, then okay. I don't, if we I don't either. Bring it up right now, throw it in. I, I, I really, I don't. I think that suspension matters. I agree. Because that, that suspension, that, I mean, we're talking about, I understand, you know, he's he's been he's been the NFL golden boy for a while, but come on, man. Serious investigation. And the league had no other choice but to suspend him. And he stopped fighting it because he was fighting it. So he stopped fighting it to accept his punishment just for one year. Yeah. Let's get past him. No, I don't think he should be considered at all. Let me correct one thing. I mean, damn, you were suspended, bro. Derek Carr has 458 attempts, not 358. I stand corrected. So he he, okay, he has more. Yeah, he has 100 more attempts than than Dak Prescott. Um, Dak Prescott still has a higher completion percentage and has less uh, interceptions, but there is 100 attempts difference between two. Um, just, you know, I don't want to give false information. So, but I agree. Uh, no, no, I, I read it wrong. I read it wrong. Um, but. Uh, but, no, I agree. I think the suspension matters. I think missing four games, which is 25% of the season, matters. I think the fact that he was suspended for cheating, whether he did it or not, that was the conclusion. Okay? You know, and, and if we're going to believe in the system, and the system says that we feel that you did wrongdoing here, and therefore you are being penalized, then why would this guy then be able to come back, play three-quarters of a regular season, and be the league MVP. To me, it's a no-brainer. If, if the penalty means you miss four games, then that means by missing a quarter of the season, you can't be considered for MVP. I would even say, you know, even, I mean, I mean, I guess Pro Bowl, you can't really say because that's fan voting. So, you know, so mm-hmm. fine. We'll, we'll, we'll go along with that. But, um, you know, these end-of-season end awards, yeah, you've got to play the whole season. I mean, if you miss – if you pull the hamstring and missed four games, would they consider you? Probably not. You know? So, right. no. No. And here's the other part of that. Um, they want to, people want to throw him MVP because, they, once again, they're looking at his stats. But look what New England did while he was gone. Like, are you serious? And he's MVP? They went 3-1. and one. Yeah. Belichick is MVP. <laughs> not Tom Brady. Like really? Right. Yeah. No. I, yeah. yeah. I, I. I agree. And not to take anything away from 
Tom Brady. I mean, I don't want to seem like we're Brady bashing. The guy is, is knocking on the door to be the greatest of all time. He's, I, I just still can't get past Joe Montana. You know, it's kind of like the, the Michael Jordan comparison. They talk about LeBron. They talk about Magic. They talk about all these other guys. And I look at Michael and I say, 6-0 and in the finals and never allowed a finals to go to the seventh game. And here's a dude who left basketball, went and played baseball for a year and a half, came back to basketball, and then did it again. <laughs> like, 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 oh, you don't believe I was the greatest then? Let me come back and show you one more time. And, and I used to laugh because I really – right. And, and I was a big basketball fan then like I am football now. Um, and I remember Hakeem Olajuwon won back-to-backs while Jordan was out. I said to myself, I said, Hakeem needs to send one of those to Michael and say, this is for you, because he wouldn't have won anything had Michael still been in the league. And I remember all, all the Michael players, Hakeem, the greatest player, and he this, he's the greatest player in the world. And he said, I'm like, he ain't even the greatest player in the league. We told you he's the greatest player in the world. He had that nice little jab step on the baseline, nice little, he had those quick moves on the baseline. He, he was nice. He was a nice center. But come on, man, this, this ain't Jordan. This ain't even close. And I was so glad when Michael came back and said, excuse me? Excuse me. Give me give me this damn ball. And he did it again. Three more. Didn't even let it go. So so go ahead. You wanna jump in on the Jordan thing? I know you do. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, go ahead. you know I gotta jump in on the Jordan conversation, man. Come on. And let Come us just say this. It would have been a it would have been Aiden and Rowe had he not left. And then had the GM not gotten stupid and brought everybody back, it would have been ten in a row. All I'm saying is we had it we would have had it locked down for a whole decade. There's no way. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I. I. I agree. Um, I agree. Um, you know, and I think. I think. This is you know, and and this this takes us off on another tangent, but I have to. I have to. I have to go here, and I think you will agree with me. Um, cause you didn't know I was a Bulls fan back in the day. Um, but I, let me let me just say this. This so reminds me of a problem in sports. Um, you, in my opinion, and, and the same thing happened with the Cowboys and the same thing happened with the Lakers. When you have a dynasty, you let that dynasty run until it's over. And too many times, Reinsdorf did it in Chicago. Buss did it in L.A. And yes, Jerry Jones did it in Dallas. You stop it oh, prematurely. Oh, that was in Chicago. I'm sorry. Was that Garp? No, God, I'm getting no, the guy from Jerry Reinsdorf. Was it him? Yeah. Okay. Was he on the White Sox? It was Jerry Reinsdorf. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. And I keep thinking of he, the GM at the time. Whoever nah, he was the owner. Was, that's the only name. Okay. Yeah, no, oh, he was the owner. Was the owner. He okay. was the owner. And that, that after that sixth ring, mm-hmm. if you recall, I remember this, and this is when Phil, the reason the team, you know, was dismantled was because Phil Jackson was leaving. And if Phil Jackson had stayed, those guys could have had another couple of rings. 
if Michael, you know, I understand Michael wanted to go play baseball. It was more of a thing to his father, and his father died and was murdered, and he was very close to his dad, and it was something he told his dad he would always do. Um, I bet if Michael could have it over again, he wouldn't do it. He would just stay and play basketball. Um, but, you know, whatever. But, okay, so we'll give Michael that because that was emotional. But what these owners are doing with these teams, and look at the Patriots. You don't see Bob Kraft doing that. Bob Kraft is going to let this thing play out until Tom Brady leaves, till Tom Brady can't play anymore. And that's the way it should be. You keep your superstars and you keep the core of your dynasty together as long as you can. And I was so irritated with Chicago, irritated with the Lakers, and irritated with the Cowboys. Because as a fan, that's what it's all about. You come back the next year, and what is it? Who is going to take down Jordan and the Bulls? Who going to do it this year? Who going to step up? Come on. They coming back just like we got the Warriors, right? And who going to take them down? Well, LeBron said, I got you. I'm taking them down. So then the Warriors say, oh, yeah, well, we're going to get one of your arch rivals and bring them over here and see what you can do. That's sports to me right there. And, and, if you and owners, to. get the hell out of the way. Let it happen. Exactly. And I'd honestly add, I'd add the 40, I'd add the 49ers to, to a group just this recent thing with Harbaugh. I know that they didn't win necessarily win a championship, but as a football fan, to, to look at the next, the next season, and like, oh man, this is about to be a battle in the NFC West. This is about to be San Francisco and Seattle going head up, and Arizona is creeping, trying to get in their crack too. And to watch what happened to to, to San Francisco, and I'm just like, wow, you guys really got <laughs> ownership. You really well, got in the way of that. Well, you know what? I'm gonna go like somewhere it, that you know. Well, I'm gonna go somewhere. I'm going right in your backyard, you know? Because here's my problem. You let go of Lovey Smith at ten and six, right? And and your plan yeah. is to bring in Mark Tressman? That's your plan. You're not happy because you didn't make the playoffs, even though you you had a winning record, even though you had a good team. You don't go and bring in like like, you know, okay, now you got John Fox, but Jesus Christ, a little little too late. But I mean you didn't go bring in a name, or, you know, like a Parcells or someone where you where, where Bears fans could say, okay, I get it. You you were able to get that coach? Really? You bring in a guy from Canada. Exactly. I mean, Bruce, had, Bruce Arians had a stronger name confident. at the time than that guy. What's that? I said Bruce Arians had a, had a better name at that time than, than Mark Trusty. I, 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 I mean, was his job. I know you're not a big fan of him, but you saw what no. he did. With Big Ben, in in uh with the Steelers, you saw what he did when when Pagano went out in 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 Indianapolis, and I was just like, all right, I'm ready. This, this he's better. He's no better than Trustman. Hey, listen, he would have yeah. been a better move than Trustman. I'll give you that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'm not a huge fan, and you know, and and I, you know, being the omniscient one, I usually always end up being right sooner than later. And uh, they're sitting there at five, six, and one. Um, you know, um, you know, so, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not a fan, but that said, I agree with you. He would have been a better move than, did um, trust me. You don't go and bring in a Canadian football coach in the NFL and, and, and say he's going to take it to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, man. 
Somebody you know, know how to, I, you know how to win championships. And literally, that's what I read in, in, in the, on the Tribune. He knows how to win championships. Yeah, in another league. <laughs> yeah. Hadn't yeah. been in the NFL well, since Rich Gannon. That's how long it's been before he since he's been in Rich, Rich Gannon. That's who he was with. As a as well, a, and, well, I don't even know if the OC. Yeah. Well, and I was just gonna say, you know, at, at, before I forget, I want to, I want to, I want to bring this up. I know K Star tends to listen to the playbacks. You know what's funny is, you know, when I say when I call myself the omniscient one, everybody should know I'm really joking. I mean, it's true, but I'm joking because um, there's only one omniscient one, and it ain't me. But I, but I'm still joking, but it's true. But anyway, um, you remember Chip Kelly when he was with the the Eagles? Remember one of our co-hosts. I won't name. I won't. I won't put K Star's name out there. But do you remember one of our co-hosts said that he had the, he was the smartest mind in the NFL. You remember that? As the smartest offensive mind in the NFL. Remember that? And you remember? And you remember what I said? I said. Mm-hmm. I said. I said the NFL will catch up. They always do. I told you they would with the read option. They did. Read option is no longer undefensible. It is now just another play. It used to be teams would run it all game. And Miami mm-hmm. and all that, and now now you just you you can run it a handful of times in a game maybe, and it's still no guarantee. You keep the end or the linebacker in and don't have him crash, it's over. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere, okay? So it's done. And I said Chip Kelly and his hurry up, they're gonna figure it out. Trust me, it's just something they ain't seen before. That's all. They're gonna figure it out. Well, we saw what happened in Philly implosion. Teams change all that, and Philly's still suffering from it. How 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 he doing out in San Francisco? How 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 he doing out mm. there? So so you know so sometimes my point is, it may not happen right away, but when we say something on this show, some of us say something on this show. Just give me a little time. Just give us a little time, and I will I will show you why it is what it is. But anyway, can I chime I in don't. on that Chip Kelly coming real quick? Hey. Yeah. And and all I want to say is what 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 was funny about what he thought he was bringing to the NFL that was going to be so game changing was you really thought that running your plays quicker was going to actually be a career game changer to where you would dominate in a league full of men who all they got to do is work out and build their stamina now the defense can run just as fast as you can. And the defense gets faster every year. Every year they get faster because the players are getting faster. I mean, what sense does that make long term? Well, here, here's, here, here's the problem. Um, you can take a college coach like Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh Pete Carroll, even a Nick Saban, um, and I think you can feel pretty comfortable that they understand the difference between coaching boys and coaching men. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly does not. He has not no. demonstrated that he understands the difference. And his arrogance is only replaced by his stupidity. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know more football than Chip Kelly because that, be, that wouldn't be fair. The guy was a monster at Oregon in, in, in college, okay? And I'll give him that. 
The guy had a scheme in Oregon that worked very well. I'll give him that. I don't know if it was a scheme or that damn blue field, but whatever it was, it worked, okay? Um, and if JB was here, he'd, he'd, probably, be, he'd probably be schooling us. But, um, but, but here's my problem with Chip Kelly. Um, he, he comes into the league with an arrogance, and how come I'm sitting at home on the couch and I know it ain't going to work indefinitely, and he's getting paid millions of dollars to do the job, and he don't know? What is the problem? I don't understand that. How how do you how do you be? There's only 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL in this world. Okay, so to get to that point, I don't care who you are. Kudos to you because there's only 32 of them jobs. What I do for a living, okay? My company has 13 of me in the country. That's just my company. So when you go around all the other banks and you look at what I do, there's probably hundreds of me just in the United States, and I don't even know around the world, okay? So, and I do a very specialized job, and yet there's a lot of me's walking around out there, and I ain't making millions of dollars a year. There's only 32 head coaches, okay? PhDs, right? My brother Train has a PhD. Let's see how many PhDs there are in, in the U.S. I'm going to look it up right now and make my point, okay? Because I know it's not a lot, but let's let's just make let's just let's just um here we go I got it I'm about to I'm about to get it right here what percentage of Americans have a PhD right here we go and go here because I you know here we go all right um yeah uh, 1.68% of Americans over the age of 25 have a PhD this equates to approximately two and a half million people so so Dr Train I don't have a PhD Dr Train has a PhD. Okay, Dr. Train is in a 1.68%. That's a very, very unique, very, very exclusive club. Kudos to Dr. Train for being in a, such an exclusive club and for making that, that commitment. I, I know, I, you know, no, I'm serious. I'm proud of you, bro. I, I surround myself with people that are doing as well as me or better because that's the only way I can survive. I can't have nobody slacking that, that if you're trying and you ain't there, you can hang with me. But if you ain't trying and you're trying to be there, but you ain't trying, you got to go on. You got to go on. You've been a worker as long as I know you. I got nothing but love for you, my brother. But here's the thing. Even with the exclusivity of your degree, there's still two and a half, other, two and a half million other people in this country with the same piece of paper that did the same, you know, six, eight, ten years, whatever it takes to get where you got. There's two and a half million Okay, and you in a very exclusive club. There's only 32 of these jobs in the world, and Chip Kelly has one. And you are doing what with it? You were taking a team that three <laughs> years ago was in a Super Bowl and doing nothing? Are you kidding me? And the arrogance that you have to think that you know more than the other 31 NFL head coaches? Come on, man. You know, you you and 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 you you, you tore up. Philly, oh Deshaun McCoy doesn't fit your scheme. How's he doing in Buffalo? Looking pretty Man. good. Deshaun Jackson, how's he doing in uh, Washington? Looking pretty good. Macklin over in Kansas City, you know? I know there was a couple of defensive players, too, that he got rid of, Matt. I mean, this dude, this, you know, when we talk about um, – when we talk about head coaches and on the hot seat, I, I, I got to tell you something. When the 49ers fire him, and he will be fired, 
I, if he gets another job in the NFL, I'm going to come on this show, and I'm about, I'm about to have a crazy rant. I'm about to go crazy, okay? We'll probably be ranting uh, uh, for, for the whole entire show, and it may not change the subject because that would be ridiculous. Right. Um, speaking of rants, speaking of head coaches, and, you know, it's funny because Train and I are doing like we used to do on our, on our phone calls because I have a whole agenda we ain't even touched yet, but that's okay. We're rolling. Uh, and, if anybody, and if anybody's out there and wants to call in, the number never changes. Um, uh, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. Uh, feel free to catch, catch us on uh, Twitter, at The Madden Voice, Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash The Madden Voice. Like the page while you're there. We're easy to reach. Um, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this because it's been beat up in the press, but I, I, I mean, Train, maybe you have more to say on it, and that's fine. I'll listen if you do. Um, the Rams are terrible. Okay. Um, and historically, Jeff Fisher has not been a very good head coach. Um, and yet he just got an and, and and a vote of confidence from the owner. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I should just ask you, Train. Help me. I, I, what am I missing here? What am I missing? Am I missing something? Because if I'm missing it, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to be. I'm ready to be. I mean, they're four and eight. They ain't going anywhere. They've lost three in a row. Thank God for teams like the Jets and the Jaguars because <laughs> they're probably the only two teams that look worse than – or maybe the Bears, too. I'll let you be the judge of that. But thank God there's a few teams struggling even worse. But they're right in the same conversation. Am I missing something? You know, as far as I, I can I can understand, I've, I've watched a few people discuss it uh, you know, I, I just think that's a that's 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 a good that's a good that's a good old boys club with the owner. That's that's all it is. That's all it could be. Because it's definitely not due to production. That's yeah, I um, no good. And, and you know, maybe maybe slightly, you don't want to. You know, he's not too quick to change it because continuity continuity means something. But also winning means more. And a guy that has not shown progress, it's, it's, it's baffling to why you keep it. That's why I just think it's just, you know, good old boys with the, uh, with the owner. That's it. That's all it could be. Mm. Mm. Well, since we don't warmed up, I have to um, – I have to – two things I want to say. First thing is I think it's funny that now First Take has this thing called Final Take every day where Stephen A. Smith takes a topic and goes off. Um, and and they started it yesterday, and uh, they did it yesterday and then today. And it just sounds eerily familiar to our rants, right? T-Bonics, Dr. Chain's philosophy – um, K-Star, moment with K-Star, um, JB's drop the mic. You know what I mean? It, it, and now they, they call it final take. But it's the same thing. It's two or three minutes of whatever's on your mind. And I'm just like, hmm. I, I, you know, it's just, I mean, they never did that before. We've been doing that for a minute. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I can I will never forget the time. 
and I don't care if they're listening because they don't pay me, um, that we had Dwight Freeney on the show. And mm-hmm. you, Dr. Train, asked Dwight Freeney how he felt about going to 18 games. And he said, mm-hmm. I don't like it. He said, you know what it takes for us to get through a 16-game season? And now they want to add to? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And the very next day on ESPN, they said in a recent interview – Dwight Freeney was quoted as saying he is against the NFL increasing the season from 16 to 18 games. That's what they said, and they didn't cite their source. They didn't say on the Madden voice, and it was the next damn day. And they didn't have a sound clip. They didn't. They just, they just read it as they were talking about it. I said, you mism fisms. So it wouldn't surprise me. I, mean, I am in Bristol, Connecticut. <laughs> I am in Bristol, Connecticut. I have people that I grew up with that work for ESPN. Heck, my little masked, my masked unknown first take fan was shown on the show. I have the clip. I got shown on the show. So wouldn't surprise me. By the way, the guys that they did, the guy and the girl they picked, I wasn't impressed. Sorry. I, I wanted it to be someone where I said, okay. I saw the guy and I'm like, really? He won? He won. Okay. So anyway, I say all all this to say I have a rant that I have to do. And I really wish K-Star was here because he probably would faint. But I need a minute. And if I was on TV, I'd say, where's my camera? Give me my camera. But I ain't on TV. I'm not doing the Facebook Live thing. Um, Maybe next week. We'll see. (sighs) I have a huge problem with something that happened this weekend. I have a huge, I mean, I mean, this could be one of the biggest problems I've had with the NFL and, and, and certain things in, in a very, very long time. And it's with a player that I have given a lot of grief to and a lot of, a lot of you know, I've really been hard on this particular player, and I find myself now having to defend him. I'm watching Seattle. Carolina. I'm sitting there rooting for Carolina because Dallas, who's in the playoffs, by the way, and we'll get to my Cowboys momentarily. Um, but I'm looking at Seattle as a threat to home field, and I'm thinking if Carolina can pull it together and get a win here, that just helps Dallas. So I'm rooting for Carolina. Carolina comes out, and Derek Anderson's the quarterback. Derek Anderson rolls out. And the announcers are like, Derek Anderson, is something wrong with Cam Newton? Yeah, you know, maybe it's a gimmick play. Nope, Cam Newton's on the side. No one, no one knew what was going on. Derek Anderson rolls out, throws the ball to Tolbert. Tolbert, bob, Tolbert bobbles it, and it goes right in. I don't remember who picked it off. But Seattle picked it off, and they got three points. Now, is that why Carolina lost the game? We'll never know. I mean, they got mollywopped, but... We all know that professional sports or sports of any level is momentum. We know that if you're going to go into hostile territory and get a win, coming off the first play of the game and throwing an interception uh, in your side of the field is not the way to set any kind of tone or message. It's not. And even though they didn't get a touchdown, they did get three points. Um, That's just not how you want to start the game. And to have your franchise quarterback, the reigning NFL MVP, sitting on the sideline, that's not how you want to start the game. So then we find out that it was because Cam Newton didn't wear a tie. We find out that they stayed because they played the 49ers, I guess, the week before. And so they stayed on the West Coast the entire week. And so 
Cam, I guess, had sent back some of his clothes. He didn't have a dress shirt. And, and Cam is a big boy. It ain't like he can just walk down to, you know, your local, you know, haberdashery and pick up a shirt. He's a big boy. So he wore what we saw in the interview, which was kind of a mock neck turtleneck. Dude was clean. I've never not seen Cam Newton clean. Ever. Okay? Ever. He was clean. Nice coat over it, top hat, mock neck. Ron Rivera says, you know, when we travel, the rule is you show up with a tie. You didn't wear a tie. So I got to bench you for the first series. Excuse me? You're four and seven. A loss pretty much means your season's done. A win, and mathematically, even though it's a long shot, mathematically, you stay alive. And even more importantly, you can build some momentum because you're beating a, a very good team. So this game is important. Okay? If you win, you're five and seven. You're within two games of first place with four games to go. So you're not out of it. By a, by, by a stretch. So the game matters. Now you lost your three games out with four games to go. I, I mean, you pretty much just, just you know, just you, you, you don't have much of a shot here. Okay. Cam stood up wow. in the press conference and said, it's my fault. I didn't communicate properly with my coach and I support the decision. Congratulations, Cam. You finally did what I've been wanting you to do, which is be a leader. And now I have to say, but I don't agree with you. I think you handled it the right way. I'm not saying that. You don't, you don't publicly get up there and bash your coach. But I think your coach is a freaking fool. I think your coach is an idiot. And I think at the end of the season, he should be fired because his judgment is lacking. I will treat all my players fairly as a head coach. I will not treat them all the same as a head coach because they don't perform the same. There are superstars, there are role players, and then there's the bottom of the list, just struggling to stay on the roster. I'm sorry. This is, this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. This is my team. And if my superstar doesn't have a, a tie and the rule is a tie, he's going to play. Now, I may find him a couple of grand, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to send a message that he broke the rule. Hey, you broke the rule. Two grand. You know, your local boys club. Show me the receipt. That's the, that's the penalty. Don't do it again. Oh, it's the second time he did it? Okay, five grand. You know, what, we had uh, uh, December 7th is tomorrow, right? Uh, um, Pearl Harbor? Okay, Pearl Harbor Veterans Fund. Five grand. I, I don't care. But you're playing. Why? Because he's the franchise. And I'm not sitting him for a series because he didn't wear a freaking tie. What? I, 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 I heard this. I watched the interview. I watched Kim and I watched Ron Rivera. And I sat there and I, and I said, wait a minute. Kim didn't wear a Kiss Me t-shirt and some pink jeans and, 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 you know, he, he, he is, I mean, hey, I can't say I always agree with his color coordination, but Cam Newton is always clean. And you bench him for a series because he doesn't have a tie because I treat him like every other player? No, Ron, that's not what you're supposed to do. What you're, what you're supposed to do is be fair 
but realize you're also there to, to win games. And that's your, that's your superstar. That's the NFL MVP you're talking to. And it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like he sat there and said, oh, screw your rule. I'll wear whatever you want. You guys were on the West Coast for a whole week. It was an honest mistake. It was an oversight. It was an error in judgment. It wasn't an intentional to hell with your rules. Now, if, you, if that was the case, then maybe I would feel differently. If you could say, hey, he was warned and he said, I don't care about your rules. This is what I'm wearing. Fine. And maybe I'd bench him for the whole game then because now he's being disrespectful. He ain't being disrespectful. So let me get this right. He can sit up there in an interview with a sour puss. Not show that he's the leader of the team and one of the faces of the NFL with every freaking yogurt commercial out there. He's the one doing it. And that's okay. He don't wear a tie, and, he, and, he, and he's going to be benched for the, for, the, for, the, for the first drive of the game. Nationally televised game where you're trying to you scrap and trying to fight to get on a late season run like you did last year. I'm sorry, the year before, not last year, the year before when you were 3-8-1 and one, and then you went on a run and actually won your division. So you're trying to get on a run like that again, and you're, you're looking at the tie? Come on, man. I'm not saying they would have won. They probably still would have got whooped. But you don't know. Ron Rivera, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't take employment lightly, and you don't hear me say this often on the show because we ain't nobody, but I'm saying it now. If I'm the owner, finish out the season, he's out of here. He got to go. And, and, and frankly, there's more reasons than that. I mean, the team is underperforming 4-8 and eight after being 15-1. and one. So you can go deeper as to why he should be fired, but I, that would be the top reason right there. You got to go, bro. Misjudgment. You ain't the right one to run this team. I need I need someone in here that understands how to deal with superstars. I need to bring someone here that understands that your superstars are supposed to be on the field, and there are ways to send a message, but but get them out on the field. That's all I got to say about that. You there, Train? I'm still here, brother. That was that was pretty damn good. Probably should sit that in the first eight. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, problem is you only got a minute. I know. Right? <laughs> so, um, but no, I I I totally agree with you. I mean, you could have sent, you could have did fine, you could have did anything else, but don't wait till game time. And and I think the biggest the biggest takeaway from what you said from it was that they're sitting in a division that's still open and winning means everything. Like, you can't afford to lose another game. So you need all your horses. Even if even, even if that horse didn't do what you asked him to do, you need all your horses at this rate. And that was that was just, that, to me, that just, yeah, yeah, that wasn't a smart decision. No doubt. Yeah. It, 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 it really wasn't, and Maybe in a couple of weeks, because I actually like Ron Rivera. Maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll soften my stance and say, okay, in you know, his time as head coach, how many of these mistakes, in my opinion, as he's made, probably this is the only one. Okay, maybe maybe termination would be a bit much. But right now, that's just how I feel. Yeah. That's just how I feel. If I'm yeah, a Carolina fan, now, I, I'm mad. At well, yeah, but I, I, now I wouldn't necessarily fire him, but... <laughs> Well, right now I feel, but I'm, I'm looking at that as as a symptom of what the problem is, as a mm-hmm. symptom, because 
you've got a team that's underperforming and you're contributing to that by taking your franchise and leaving them out for a series because of a, because of a freaking time. Not he smoked weed, not, you know, um, I mean, Hey, if you said, well, even that, I don't know. I, I, I just think, I just know how this works. Cause I've talked to too many people that have been associated with the NFL and the good coaches say, frankly, I will treat you fairly, but I will not treat you. Jimmy Johnson, I will not treat you all the same. And Emmitt Smith or a Troy Aikman or a Michael Irvin is not the same as a, you know, the second round, the second round uh, third string cornerback that plays special teams. They don't have the same value. And so when something, when if both parties break a rule, they're both going to be disciplined, but I get to choose the discipline and it ain't going to be the same. Maybe that third rounder gets benched, and that's that's the world to him because he wants to play. I ain't benching Troy Aikman because he was late for a meeting. Sorry, you know I I am not doing it because at the end of the day, I, my business is to compete and win football games. That's what we're here to do. And and as the head coach, I'm going to do whatever I can to make that happen. And I I don't care if you don't agree with it. Just what I'm going to do. All right, I've said my piece. Um, question for you. Patriots lose Gronk. Looks like he's done for the year. Seahawks lose Earl Thomas. He is definitely done for the year. And I say looks like Gronk is done for the year because you never know with Gronk, right? <laughs> he had back surgery. Now they show him this video where he's already walking, and they're like, well, maybe, you know, depending on how late into the – postseason so who knows okay with Gronk um but who do you think train is the bigger loss Gronk or Earl Thomas definitely Earl Thomas Mm. definitely Earl Thomas yeah yeah I think um I think when you talk about the identity of what Seattle is and the impact that he has uh on their defense and I still feel Seattle is a defensive team first. I understand Russell Wilson has gotten better. He's progressed. You know what I'm saying? He definitely understands how to play the quarterback position, doesn't turn over the ball much and all of that. But uh, it's their defense and championships for them. And that, that, guy is a, that, that guy is a serious loss. And, and if they, you know, any chance of getting him back is for them to actually win and 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 continue to win all the way, almost all the way up until the uh, uh, the divisional round, I believe, at the earliest that he can possibly return. At the earliest. Hmm. Um. I, I I think I agree with you, but I don't think it's as I don't think it's I don't think it's like cut and dry. I, I think it's by a, by an edge. Because, because I think um, Earl Thomas, you know, he's the quarterback of that defense, but they have so many. I mean, they have Sherman. They have Cam Chancellor. They have, you know, Bennett just got back, you know, K.J. Wright. Um, you know, so they have a, a number of other top players on that defense um, that can help with that loss. And, I'm not, and, again, where, you know, you take Gronk out, uh, they do have Martellus. So we will give him that. But, you know, 
Gronk and this is Martellus first season. Okay. Gronk and, and, and Brady are like, you know, that's like Montana and, and Rice. That's like, you know, um, I mean, you know, uh, Culpepper and Boss. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's just a, you know, they got 67 touchdown passes. Okay. Now, now you know, just as a comparison, um, Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman connected 65 times in their career. 65. And Gronk and Brady have 67. Okay, so I, I don't think it's as dominant as I was feeling from you, hands down. I think the Gronk thing is definitely going to hurt. Um, but I do think the Earl Thomas is a little more significant because of the role that he plays. You know, he does play a significant role on that defense. And um, and I, I don't think they can – I mean, where you, where you think maybe – Bennett can come in and pick up some of that slack. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't even know the guy that's replacing Earl Thomas, but I know the very next play, <laughs> Cam Newton, you know, went right for him and scored. <laughs> went right exactly. Very, <laughs> you know what I mean? So exactly. Um, all right, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know, I haven't done this all show. And uh, I'm a little late, so here we go. <laughs> hey man, well, with the way them Cowboys are playing, I would start to show off like that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask, I'm ask you, man. Got the Giants coming up on Sunday. If the Giants, mm-hmm. if the Cowboys beat the Giants, Cowboys clinch the division. If yeah. the Cowboys beat the Giants and Seattle and Detroit both lose. I believe um, the Cowboys would also clinch the number one seed. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I mean, to clinch it at week fourteen, it would be amazing. Um, so, so there's a lot on the line. Um, let, let me ask you a question. Uh, first of all, do you see anybody catching Dallas for the number one seed in the NFC? I really don't see anybody catching him. If, 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 just to answer your question, that would just be simple. No. Okay. I don't. Uh, it's Do really you... the only team, uh, the only team on their schedule. I think they have a really good chance of beating them. Solid chance. It's the team that drops like to play Sunday. No. Okay. Do you think the game against Minnesota gave people a blueprint on what to do against Dallas? Because clearly. That was the most effective any defense has been all year, including the game the Cowboys lost. That's the most effective any defense has been against the Cowboys. So do you think that is that a blueprint for success for another team like the Giants or you know any other subsequent teams? No, no, because in particular when it comes to Dallas, man, it's all about is you got to match up with Dallas properly. And honestly, remember I told you. Back when Minnesota was on fire, I think they were like 5-0. and And I got excited because I was like, man, I cannot wait to the Minnesota and Dallas game. Simply because we're talking about Clash of the Titans. We're talking about best D-line versus the best O-line. I mean, you you really talking about the big boys getting it on, and the game was going to be won based on them. And even though Minnesota slipped off in their record, the game was still turned out to be – what was expected? 
Minnesota mm. defensive line to clash with that offensive line and to see who comes out on top. So no, I don't, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't consider it as it, it, uh, it's a, a cookie cutter for any other team because not every team has that, or okay. have enough pieces on offense to even take advantage of that. Okay. Um, here's another question for you. Right now, for the last couple of weeks, this is how I felt, and now I'm locking it in. I'm making a prediction. And this is the way I feel. Um, I, I, I I believe Dallas will clinch home field. And I believe when the dust settles and the smoke clears, Seattle will be coming to Dallas for the NFC Championship game. I believe that um, New England and Oakland will play. Um, I, 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 don't, I can't predict who's going to host because they're both 10-2. and two, But this week, Oakland was the number one seed. Last week, New England was the number one seed. The week before, Oakland was the number one seed. So there's common opponents, strength of schedule type of stuff going on that has these two teams flip-flopping back and forth as the number one seed. So if they were to both win out, I don't know who would be the number one seed. So um, I'm not saying they're both going to win out, but what I'm saying is if they were – it's not like in the NFC where Dallas Dallas really don't even have to win out. They really can win like two more games, I think, and, and lock it down or something like that. But, I, but I'm saying Dallas's path to the number one seed is much more clearly defined than New England and Oakland. They're flip-flopping back and forth because of tiebreakers. So I think those two teams will play each other. I don't know where, but they will play each other. And I think Seattle comes to Dallas for the NFC Championship game. There is nothing that I'm seeing out there. As good as Kansas City is playing, I don't think they're going to – I I think Oakland's playing even better, and I think New England is also playing playing better. Okay. Um, Denver, no. Don't see it. Um, the only other – you know, I, I, I think Pittsburgh can get hot and make it interesting. Baltimore can get hot and make it interesting. But what I'm seeing from Oakland and New England, I just think those two teams are on the other level on another level. That the only other team that that you could look at and say maybe is Kansas City. That's AFC. NFC, I don't see it at all. I mean, okay, Green Bay is on a little bit of a run, but sorry, I'm not I'm not I'm not impressed. So in NFC, I, I just don't see anybody that can you know, Atlanta, you know, people talk about Atlanta and this and that. It's seven and five. Dude. Tampa Bay and Detroit, maybe a year away. Maybe. You know, Detroit's on a nice little run. They could make it interesting. But I just think that Dallas and Seattle, it looks, and I think you said it right in your rankings. You said, um, you know, teams get something about uh, Stella getting their groove back, right? Seattle is doing what they do. They're coming down the stretch and they're getting healthy. Earl Thomas aside. And it looked like they're rounding into one of the better teams in the entire NFL. Dallas has just looked that way all year, and I don't expect anything to change. So I don't see any two teams in the NFC that are going to knock them off. Not Detroit, um, not Atlanta, not Tampa Bay. I don't see it. Not New York. Um, and, again, in the AFC, I, I don't see it. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Do you have an opinion that you're ready to share or do you want to poke holes into my position, or you don't really give a damn? <laughs> <laughs> See, no, nah, I'm just saying. No, nah, really, man, I'll, I'll probably more or less support your position when I think about it, 
Because when I think about an a, a, a NFC championship game and I'm looking at the NFC teams right now that are, that are battling out like Britain, now, you, now, now you're talking about one of the best offensive machines in the league. And I mean all around. I mean being able to run the ball well, Dak being able to take care of the ball, and still be able to make plays, going up against one of the most ferocious defenses in the league. You know what I'm saying? Sadly, yeah. it won't be quite the same without Earl Earl Thomas if he's if he's not there. But yet, it's still a ferocious defense. Them boys come to hit. They don't care who you are. They come to make you afraid to even catch the ball, carry the ball, do anything. And they're going up against Zeke, who basically, man, I don't give a damn. Keep feeding. I'm gonna make them hurt. And then when you flip, that's flip flopping, right? That's flip flopping takes Seattle's Seattle's off Seattle's offense against the Dallas defense. The one thing about Dallas defense that really shouldn't really shouldn't be a surprise to me that they actually got Rod Marinelli is, has always been about fundamentals first. He doesn't hide the defense in a bunch of schemes, blitzing schemes and all of that. It's 11 guys on that field. When that ball goes in the air, when that ball gets handoff, when that ball hits the ground, all eleven guys better be around that ball by the time the whistle is by the time the whistle blows. All eleven, and that's what they do. It's pure hustle, basic fundamentals, and 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 and, and guys playing together as a unit. Trust the next man to do his assignment. That's all. That's all. That's all you have to do. Because you still don't know the names. I mean, you got Sean Lee, and I'm not saying you don't have pieces. But at the beginning of the season, if if, if one thing was was truly unknown was what's this that guy out of Dallas defense and going up against uh, Russell Wilson and that offense, I honestly think it'll be it'll be almost as as telling as as Dallas offense going up against Seattle's defense. You know what I'm saying? That that mm. right there is just a good matchup. All around, it's gonna make for a very good NFC Championship game. And if you go to the other side of the ball, really, what you what you have is the little brother in the, in the AFC going against the big brother in the AFC. When you talk about Oakland and New England, and I would do nothing else but love to see. Yeah, dude. You know I mean, Old I mean, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you something. One of my best friends, Chuck, is a Raider Raider fan. His brother Jerry is a Raider fan. And if there was any team that the Raiders want to play in the AFC championship game, it would be the mm-hmm. Patriots. Because they're still smarting over the tuck rule. They're still they're still mm-hmm. upset over that with Charles Woodson and Tom Brady. So now they finally mm-hmm. got a team. K- K- uh, K- um, Khalil Mack? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> They do this for that. Dude, dude, dude. I said when, um, before what's his name got hurt, man, the guy that was um, Texans, um, could see his face, man. J.J. Watt, thank you. Before he got hurt, I had said, I I think Von Miller has replaced him as the best player in the NFL defensively. Um, this dude right now is on his way. I, he, ain't, he ain't quite there yet, but he keep this up. He's going to be the next one 
where I'm going to come on and say, that's the best player in the NFL right now, but defensive player, just clarifying NFL right now. I mean, I mean, you know, we have a guy in Dallas named Randy Gregory who, who can't seem to stay clean. And if he ever gets his, if he ever gets his weed thing under control, Mr. Mr. Ricky Williams on the defensive side, if he ever gets that, that guy is going to be, I will, if he ever stays clean and gets on the field consistently, we're going to be talking about him the same way as we talk about Mac. The dude is, is a monster, okay? Mac is a monster. I haven't seen that type. I mean, that's, I remember DeMarcus wearing his prime. DeMarcus is winding down now, okay? But I remember DeMarcus wearing his prime. They, they couldn't stop him. I mean, they literally would have to triple team DeMarcus Ware. And that year, you guys, you, people can go back and check it. Anthony Spencer was on the other side getting sacks because DeMarcus Ware was getting double and triple team because he was that much mm-hmm. of a force. And now I'm watching Mac, and I'm saying, my God, I'm literally watching DeMarcus Ware all over again with the quick first step and the spin move and all that. Go ahead, everybody doubt me. Watch DeMarcus Ware from about five years ago with the Cowboys. The dude was a freaking beast. Sometimes it ain't it, – you influence the game. You don't have to get that sack if you're getting that pressure, if you're getting that hit, if you're getting that attention where they feel like they have to double and triple team you, you're affecting the game. Got the tight end in there, the, the tackle, and then they get a running back in there to chip you. Well, that somebody's coming through. Somebody gonna get through when you gotta do all that. And man, but this dude Mac, woo boy. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, yes, Pittsburgh looked good against the Giants. They're they're, they're rounding in the form. They've got a nice thing with Baltimore. We'll see how that plays out. I get it. Kansas City. You know, hey, I I said it before when they were nine and zero. Hey, but they ain't gonna go nowhere. Because Alex Smith is not a winner, and neither is, and neither is Andy Reid. Andy Reid will get you but so far, and then that's it. That, that's, that's the history of it. So I'm not worried about them. Um, I'd be more worried about Pittsburgh and Baltimore because they both have Super Bowl winning coaches. So they could get on a roll. But I just think New England and, and Oakland are on such a level right now. It's not going to happen. And Dallas and Seattle right now is on such a level. It's not going to happen. I don't believe in Matthew Stafford. Notice what I'm mentioning. Quarterback, head coach. I'm consistent. Quarterback, head coach. Quarterback, head coach. So that's where I'm at. All right. Um, Let's take a quick look at some games coming up, and then we're going to get on out of here. Um, There is a lot of good games this weekend. Okay. Okay. Thursday night starts it off. We just got through talking about Oakland traveling to Kansas City. Now, of course, Kansas City will beat Oakland and then make a cold liar out of me, but I think Oakland will go in there. Kansas City tough place to play. They're a tough, mm-hmm. tough place to play. Um, but, but that should be a good game. Um, I'm just kind of just giving everybody. We, we, we stopped doing picks just because we did. Um, it don't really matter because no one knows who's going to win, so screw the picks. But let's, let's, let's look at some good games. Uh, Steelers are going to Buffalo. Buffalo six and six, pretty much out of it. But um, Pittsburgh needs this win, but they're going to Buffalo, so that's that's a game to watch. Um, I'm moving right along. I wish your Bears were playing better. Maybe your Bears can pull an upset in Detroit for me this weekend, Doctor Train. Um, man, we all about playing your... spoiler this year, man. We ain't got ain't got nothing else left, you know. <laughs> who's your, who's your Cutler back or you? Who's your QB? The QB, the QB is Matt Barkley, and and I know that name does not mean a lot because the last time you saw Matt Barkley, he was sitting at the at the at the end 
of Chip Kelly's uh, yeah, but any, you know, quarterback USC? carousel. Huh? Did he play for USC? USC. USC. Yeah, yeah. The past two games, though. Yeah, exactly. The past two games, he looks like somebody that Chicago should should continue to take a take take a look at. So partly, I'm kind of glad that they went ahead and moved color to IR because now we get to look at Matt Barkley and see how he looks on these last four games. And the, and the good thing about these last four games that Chicago is playing, they're all teams in the playoff hunt. So they're all but they're, they're about to bring their they're about to bring their best. Matter of fact, they're about to be their playoff game. We got Detroit, we got the Redskins, we got Green Bay, and then we end with Minnesota. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> he's about to either look decent or really horrible. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. This is just impromptu. So you're in mm-hmm. the locker room, and you're the head coach of the Bears. And you're looking at this four-game stretch of, of all teams vying for a playoff spot. They're all in the hunt. Mm-hmm. And you know you have nothing to play for. What do you say to motivate? And I know, okay, in theory, you shouldn't have to. But let's just assume you feel like you have to, okay? You're, you're fighting to keep your job. You want to make sure you got a job next year. Here, so you know that if you can come out and beat a couple of these good teams, that's going to send a message to the general manager and the owner that you didn't quit and that maybe there's something to build on for next year with your team. Um, your team didn't quit on you. Uh, you know, you didn't throw in the towel because you got a losing record and you ain't going anywhere. So, so there's a lot of significance to these four games. But what do you say to your team? To be honest, T, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to even be a joking man, but I'm just going to keep it real simple. And I know we, we joke because it's one of the best sound bites we have, but honestly, that sound bite is it. And her Herman just says it clear, plain and clear. I'm sorry. You you play to win the game. Hello? <laughs> you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Exactly. I will play that over and over again until they got tired of it. It's really that simple. It really is that simple. If you don't come out to play to win the game, you you gonna end up getting yourself hurt or your team or your or your team members hurt. It's, it's really okay. that simple, though. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean that's fair. I, I um, that's fair. I, I I would probably let me see. I would probably take this approach. Here here's my approach. I just told the guys I appreciate the spirit and energy in which they fought. Um, please don't talk to me about more victories and things of that nature. Uh, that'd be disrespectful to those guys in the room. Uh, we we didn't get the job done. We came up short. Uh, we accept responsibility for that. Um, you know, we will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December because we have to. We won't go into shell. We're going to go into attack mode because uh, that's what's required. But uh, came up short tonight. Uh, right there, man. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. the intensity. Not that I don't disagree with. I love the Herm quote, too, by the way. Herm, <laughs> Herm's one of my favorites. So I'm not, I'm not, this isn't, this is agreement, respectful agreement. I like yours. I'm just going another direction. I like that. 
silent intensity. If you listen to that, there was a strategic, there was a pause. He was searching for the words. And he just said, hold on, I got to play it again because I want you to hear the pause, right? Check this out. I just told the guys I appreciate the spirit and energy in which they fought. Um, please don't talk to me about moral victories and things of that nature. Uh, that'd be disrespectful to those guys in the room. Uh, we, we didn't get the job done. We came up short. Uh, we accept responsibility for that. Um, you know, we will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December because we have to. We won't go into shell. Yes, did you catch the pause? We will yeah, not yeah, go gently. But did you notice that? It, to me, having studied communications, having taught communications in another life, um, mm-hmm. man, sometimes you can say so much with so little. And that pause emphasizes, he says, we will not go gently. We are going to unleash hell here in December. Right. And for me, that's me right there. Like, I don't give a I don't give a damn beep what the record says we are. Three and nine, two and I don't care. If I'm in if I'm in in um listen, I coached I coached a twelve year old uh they were they were nine to twelve year old basketball team years ago. And I was the head coach. I was the only coach. The head coach, the only coach. We played 12 games in our season. We lost all 12 games. And every game, I was out there, we're going to win this game. We were 0-11, winning the last game. And we were playing a team that I knew was the best team in the league. I had one guy that could play. Everybody else stunk. I had one guy ended up, unfortunately, <laughs> passed away. Johnny, rest in peace, years ago, he was killed. Long story. But um, I called him my superstar. Okay? And... Duke could play. Everybody else stunk. So obviously every play was through Johnny, through Johnny, but we lost. We go to the boys' club event. They give us a, they give us a, a, a sportsmanship award. Now inside, I said, y'all know what you can do with your sportsmanship award. But outside, I'm coaching kids. I had to accept it. I had, to, I had to, you know, I had to do the right thing. But dude, inside, I didn't want no damn sportsmanship award. I want to win championship. You know, now I'm coaching kids. You put me around some adults, man. Let me give me give me let me go on. There. Maybe I don't maybe I don't understand football X's and O's because I only played football one year in my life, and I've been watching it. And of course, I played Madden, but I can't. I don't have the I don't have the aptitude uh, and the desire at this point in my life. I couldn't do it. I wish I could, but what I could do is I can get in there and get them fired up. Let me go take Hugh Jackson's on 12 team and go in there and talk to them about pride, about I don't give a damn what the record says. I don't give a damn what those are just, those are men out there just like you are. I don't care what the names on the back of the jersey says. I don't care what the numbers on the front. I don't, I, I don't care. You take this game a play at a time. You get out there, you execute, you do your job. And let's go get a win. Period. And if you don't want to get a win, stay up here in this locker room. I'll get some guys off the I'll get some guys off the stands and throw some shoulder pads on them and get them out there if they're ready to work and win. Man, I, you know, to me, you, you there's no such thing as tanking the game to get a better draft pick. There's no such thing as throwing in the towel. It don't it exist. I'm not you absolutely nothing. 
Right. And I'm not saying you would do that, by the way. Don't, don't miss that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying your Bears would do that. But what I'm saying is, right. no, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to win. And if it means by winning, I went from the first pick to, to, the, to the 18th pick, okay, I'll deal with that in April. <laughs> I don't care right now. I want a culture of winning. And there's too many times where there's no culture of winning. And culture of winning doesn't mean that you have to be 11 and 5. Jimmy Johnson came in, the team was 1 and 15 for his first year. 1 and 15. And then he did the Herschel Walker, great train robbery trade, and the rest is history. But he wasn't settling for that. He came in and said, okay, team sucks. I get it. Watch what I do. You know, so anyway, I'm sorry. I just, you know, anyway. Welcome thing. back. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Okay. Um, uh, a couple other games to keep an eye on. Eagles hosting the Redskins. Um, I've got to be an Eagles fan for this game, although I think the Redskins are – I mean, they're already – there's no way they can win a division. They're, they're shooting for a wild card. I'd rather not see the Redskins in the playoffs again. We've already played them twice. Um, both games were tough. It's tough to beat a team three times. I'd rather I'd rather another team get in the playoffs than the Redskins. So i got to be an Eagles fan there. Um, Broncos traveling to Tennessee, another game to keep an eye on. Jets are going to San Francisco. That's a the game to skip. Um, <laughs> uh, Saints are going to Tampa Bay. Um, I think Drew Brees is going to be. You know, we always talk about Tom Brady. We always talk about Aaron Rodgers. Everybody forget about my man Drew Brees. That game he played last game, he didn't play very well. Three interceptions, no touchdowns for the first time in 61 games. I know how good he can play because he's always been, always been one of my uh, fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, let me just look out about the Saints, man. I, I hear you, T. The Saints got a serious issue that they need to hurry up and fix. Defense. Okay. <clears throat> it, 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 they have a real serious issue. Like, Drew Brees, can, he can get it done. He can get it done for you. But this is a prime example of a situation where a four horseman can only do so much. Like, you cannot outscore everybody in the league. It's not happening. Some teams will have your number some days, and then that's where your defense answers the bell. And for that defense to just be non-existent for them is outright ridiculous. And at some point, somebody got to pay the viper for it. I agree, but at, you know, at that said, ain't nothing he can do about that. You know, ain't nothing he can do about that. So. But I agree, that's been their Achilles heel for the last few seasons since Rob Ryan was the defensive coordinator. They haven't had a defense. You know, they had Steve Spagnola in there as defense coordinator, and he didn't get it done. Um, ever since Greg Williams left after Bounty Gate, they haven't had a defense. So they need to find a defense coordinator worth, worth, worth a damn that can go in there and give uh, uh, Drew Brees something to work with while Drew Brees still has a few years left to play at this level. Um, but my mm-hmm. point is, and I don't disagree with you, but that said, he is a competitor on the same level as Brady, as Aaron Rodgers, okay, um, as Ben Roethlisberger, you know, uh, as Peyton Manning before he retired. And he, I, I think they're pretty much done, but he ain't going to throw in a towel. And, he, and you talk about wanting to be a spoiler? Oh, yeah. They, they, they going after, you know, Tampa Bay's on a roll. And, I mean, Tampa Bay's mm-hmm. one of four in a row, you know. Um, you know, I say they're done even though they're two games out. I just think they're just 
They're not going to be able to get it done. But you know what? You never know. I mean, you know, five and seven. Um, if they're able to win this game, and uh, who's Atlanta got no, it's this not week? Happening. It's not happening. No, who's Atlanta got this week? Atlanta's Atlanta got the has... Rams. Okay. Atlanta's got the Rams. Yeah. Okay, forget it. Yeah, yeah Rams are terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, probably didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they, they still have, you know, they're going to go in there and fight. That's my point. They're going to go in there and fight. Yeah, exactly. And it would surprise me if the Saints pulled an upset here. Um, At least half the team the game, will. Well, I mean, defense will fight. They're just not very good. <laughs> but they'll fight. They're not very good. He's a great coach. Okay. Um, so, you know, they'll fight. They just, they're just not very good. Um, um, but the game, I'm, you know, the game, obviously – other than my game, which you'll get to momentarily, the game that I'm really, um, I hope it's televised. It should, I'm hoping. Let me see. The Giants are on at night. So, hey, there's a chance. I, I, you know what? I'm going to find this out right now because the Seahawks are going to Green Bay. And if anybody mm. can, can help out Dallas, <laughs> um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he can get it done. He can get it done. So that's a game that I'm really interested in. I'm checking right now to see if this game is on TV because if this game is on TV on Sunday, um, then y'all know where I'll be. So y'all just just, just <laughs> with me as I as I go through the guide. And plus, I'm sure a lot of people want to know this too because it's a big game. Okay, here we go. Seahawks at the Packers, nationally televised game on Fox. Here we go. So that's gonna be a game to watch. Especially with Aaron Rodgers starting to look a little bit more like himself, Jordy Nelson looking better, you know, the team looking better, and now Earl, no Earl Thomas. First game without Earl Thomas. See what happens. Okay. Excited about that game. Um, Monday night, we've got the Ravens at the Patriots. Big game for both teams. Patriots trying to keep up with Oakland, and the Ravens trying to keep up with Pittsburgh. Okay. Pittsburgh's yeah. going to Buffalo. That's certainly not going to be an easy game, but it's a winnable game. And Oakland is – what is Oakland doing over here? Oakland. Oh, Oakland's got Kansas City. So there you have it. So um, so the Patriots will know what Oakland has done by the time they play Monday night. So very, very interesting dynamics. And, of course, last but not least, Sunday night for Cowboys, the Giants. Cowboys – Cowboys were flexed in their, their game, upcoming game with Tampa Bay as well was flexed to Sunday night. So y'all going to get a lot of Cowboys on TV over the next few weeks, and I love it. Um, Cowboys at the Giants. If the Cowboys beat the Giants, they win the NFC East. And then the next thing is to, is to, is to try to get that first round by. And if Seattle loses, and who is Detroit playing? Detroit's playing Chicago. See, uh, man, well, I, I'm going to yeah. hope, bruh. I'm going to hope because if both of those teams lose and Dallas wins, then Dallas will be 12-1 and one and he'll have locked up home field for the playoffs. Number one seed. Man, that'd be great. All right. We're I think I've covered can, the game. We do what we can. Uh, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, bro. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. All right, man. Back in. All right. Um, all right, Train. What you got to end the show with, man? Final words, a rant, a, a, anything, anything. The floor is yours. We're about to wrap it up. So what you got for me? Well, what I do have for you, man, is some of the, the most disturbing thing that I, that I read today 
it's a rumor that uh, Vic Fangio, and it's just a rumor right now, will not be with Chicago next season. And I'm, I am mm. I am thoroughly perplexed because I'm like, I really hope that is not the case. Continuity is serious, and if anybody has had their side, their side of the ball rocking and rolling, it, it has been him. And unfortunately, we just don't have a very good secondary at all. The cornerbacks are just young. All we got is Porter. And our safeties, our safeties are probably the worst I've ever seen at tracking down the football. They track down people, but they are extremely late to the party as far as where the football goes to because they don't make a play on the ball at all. It might as well it, 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 the ball might, might might as well have legions on it or something because they just they don't they don't touch it. But mm. I'm like the dude has been. I mean, as far as our front seven, they have been vicious. And you talk about pass rushes uh, coming into fold, man. Look out for the guy we drafted, man. Leonard Floyd was is going to be a beast. His speed, his everything, it's exactly what we've been looking for. And we haven't had a guy on the edge that can keep up with quarterbacks and change direction like him at all. Not in not in not in quite some time. So well, I'm, plus I'm, when you I'm, have the I'm, name I'm Floyd, just... when you have the name Floyd, it's nothing but greatness anyway. But go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm, I heard that news today, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a bit, uh, a bit disturbed by that. The second thing I, I mentioned is, um, um, gosh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't lost, I don't lost my, my point, because I, I thought I was going to grab something from, from Stephen A's rant, but yet I lost myself. His rant today? I can't. I, yeah, yeah, I, I can't quite remember. I, I heard it. And not just LeBron and Trump and Hillary and yes, um, yes. Uh, it's not all the time, you know. what I'm saying, you, I, I still like that. I still like listening to that guy, no matter how silly how silly he gets sometimes uh, with some of the things that he that he says. But today, that made absolute, positively, very good sense. And it's it's uh, it's it's. It's sad to see our people take a step back like that and not realize what power they have by simply voicing. Sometimes, sometimes you got to pick the best out of two bads or two evils. I, I already that statement say. you, you got to pick the best out of two evils. Le- le- lesser of you two evils. Yeah, yeah, the lesser, yeah. You gotta pick the less. Sometimes you gotta pick the less of two evils. And our, our and our people unfortunately did not realize that this time around for the election. And so now <laughs> you got time to get out there and protest, but you ain't got time. You didn't have time to get to the polls. Well, <laughs> absolutely in, no. You know, uh, let, let, let me let me. Uh, since you went there, I'm just gonna respond. Um, yeah, I respect. Stephen A. Smith, because he gets paid to do what he does, and there are millions of people that like him, that listen to him, and you can't knock the hustle. 
Um, I still think that to some degree, him and Skip both sensationalize for effect. Um, I think sometimes he picks positions that are just ridiculous. You know, his whole the Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen is about the dumbest philosophy (laughs) in the world. And no matter how great the situation, just wait, they'll, they'll collapse. Well, 31 teams aren't going to win the Super Bowl. So with your logic, there's 31 accidents waiting to happen. The only non-accident is the Super Bowl champs. So, I mean, he, he creates positions that are hard to debate because there, there's no sense to the position. You know, it, it, and, and so with that said, I don't agree with his take because LeBron's a basketball player, and yet he went out and campaigned for Hillary. He was out there campaigning for Hillary. It's Hillary's campaign. It's not LeBron's campaign. She screwed up. She took it for granted. She ran and listened to the polls and, and, and read too much of the press that said that, that Trump has virtually no chance of winning and went to an Adele concert instead of campaigning. Hillary made the mistake. This ain't Le- You can't pin the fact that two million less African Americans voted on LeBron James because he was out there speaking on stage for Hillary Clinton. You can blame Hillary Clinton for that. Obama was out there. Michelle Obama was out there. You know, I mean, Jay-Z was out there. You have to blame the campaign on that. And you have to blame African-Americans as voters on it. Mm -hmm. I also think it's disingenuous to assume that the people that are out there protesting didn't vote. How do you know that? You don't know that. You can't make that assumption. Okay? We, We don't know that. So we don't know where they were where they didn't vote. We don't know, okay? Um, The lack of voting in this country has been a problem forever because people are disenfranchised and disillusioned and don't think that their vote counts. And part of the problem with that is we have a system that's called the Electoral College. So don't yell at someone for not voting when Hillary Clinton can win the popular vote by over 2 million and she loses, but then tell people you needed to get out there and vote. You're contradicting yourself. And can anybody explain how the Electoral College votes in a way that makes sense to someone with a sixth grade education? Because most people out there have a sixth grade education. I'm not insulting. That's a fact. That's not my that's not that's not my fact. If you look it up, most of the people walking around have about a sixth grade education. They may have a high school diploma, but their educational level is about sixth grade education. So can you explain it so that they understand? Because I think I get it. But every time I hear someone else explain, I'm like, okay, that don't make any sense to me. Um, So. So I think there's too many holes to look at one source and say, well, maybe LeBron James should be speaking up now. There ain't nothing for him to say now. It's done. Trump's going to be president, period. Ain't nothing we can do about it. But when it was time to speak up, I heard him out there talking. I heard Jay-Z out there talking. I heard the Obamas out there talking. You know, Bill Clinton was out there talking. I heard. So my blame is, is Hillary's campaign because I don't think that they – I think they, they just listen to the wrong people. They listen to the press. And, and the other thing is you can say that African-Americans, had they went out there and voted, Hillary be president. But Trump went out and got that um, 
you know, that, 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 I don't want to say redneck because that's, that's kind of not what I want to say, but that blue collar. Well, he went out to the say. rural community. Yeah, he went out to the but, rural community. But he went out and got that blue collar, yeah. mm-hmm. Caucasian, factory farmer, you know, mm-hmm. he went out and got them. He got his base. He got the people that, that sat there and said, we want change. We want Donald Trump. He's going to make America great again. And they went out mm-hmm. and they voted. Okay. So he went out and got who he needed to get, and even while he was talking bad about Muslims and talking bad about African Americans and talking bad about women and talking bad about uh, veterans, and I can go on and on, people just said, well, his honesty is refreshing. (laughs) His honesty is refreshing. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. If you're an African American and you heard Trump get up there and say – your neighborhoods are this, your neighborhoods are that, what have you got to lose? And that didn't get you out to go vote for Hillary, then there was no hope. If that didn't piss you off to get off your couch and get in there and vote for Hillary, then there was no hope. Because no one, no one should have had to say anything. When you heard him say that and categorize us all in the same boat as our neighborhoods are this. Because, Train, I don't know about your neighborhood, but my neighborhood ain't like that. My brother's neighborhood ain't like that. I know you well enough to pretty much assume your neighborhood ain't like that. But yet, when you talk to Donald Trump, African Americans, these are our neighborhoods, our schools, and, and this and that. And what have you got to lose? That didn't mm-hmm. piss you off enough right there to say, I ain't, I'm, I'm not going to sit on home for Hillary. Then there, there's nothing anybody could say. Jesse Jackson couldn't get you. Yeah. Martin Luther King couldn't have came back from the grave and got up there and motivated you to go, motivated you to go vote. If that didn't do it right then and there. So, and that's about all I have to say about that. Um. Mm. All right. Well, on that note, man, train is a hey, man. You know, it's been uh, it's been, hey, we did about yeah. two hours too. Yeah, it was like old times, yeah. man. I mean, you know, uh, uh, it, it was fun. And, and, you know, the thing about when you and I get on a roll, man, we can just, I, I mean, literally the first two-thirds of the show, I didn't even look at the agenda, man, because we were flowing really, really nice, you know, and uh, just like our old phone conversations we used to have, you know. So, right. Um, yeah, man. So, listen, man, tell the missus that uh, Commissioner T said hello. And uh, I love the pictures, and I love all the Facebook stuff that I see, man. I see you're really happy, so I'm happy for you, man. I'm in your corner, man. I hope Thank everything you. continues to go as well as it's been going, man. You, you, you deserve it. Um, uh, let's see. Um, K-Star, we, we praying for you, girl. We know what's up. We won't get into details on the air, but prayers for your girl. Hope everything comes out okay. And, um and uh, JB feel better. He wanted to come on, and Big Brother, you know, exercise a little discretion and said, "Dude, if you're not feeling up to it, go ahead, man. Get take your medicine, go to bed. Go ahead now." Big Brother <laughs> said, "Go to bed." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and last but not least, um, so there's um, there's a lovely lady out there, and she knows who she is. I don't talk about her much because, you know, because I don't. But um, she just had a big birthday. And um, she's not listening because I know she's asleep. But I'm going to uh, excerpt this from the show and play it for her so she can hear this. Um, And her her first name is Lena. 
Um, and if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know that's my mother's first name, but this is not my mother, okay? So anybody listening, be like, oh, that's his mama. No, this one is not my mother. But, but, um, but um, this young lady is very, very, very special. And uh, she just had a huge birthday. I'm not going to disclose which one it is out of respect, but it's a big one. And uh, it was Sunday. And so um, I want to play this for her because I can, because we usually do something for, for birthdays. So here we go. For Lena, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Happy birthday, Lena. She'll like that because that's Frank Sinatra, and he's Italian, and she's Italian, so she'll, she'll like that. So happy birthday to you, Lena. All right. Um, we're out of here, train. I will see you. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll be back. It, this was fun, but it is nice when we have everybody. So let's see if we get everybody mm-hmm. back next week. If you know, but but I have to admit, this was nice to go back to the old school. This was this was nice, um, but we'll see what we have next week. I'm gonna be here regardless. I was ready to roll solo tonight, but then Train came up and said, "Man, I said I'd be here. What's up, man? I'm gonna be there. So cool, cool. So Man Voice will hey, be here next Tuesday night. Absolutely. Wait. All right. So for Doctor Train, for K Star, for JB. Hey, everybody, enjoy the games. You got four more games, man. Four more weeks before the playoffs. So enjoy, man. And hey, like we always say, all feuds are settled. On the field. We'll see you next Tuesday. Good night, everybody.